Hey guys, and welcome to this special episode of The Prestige. As you know, we normally talk for about half an hour on a film. We go quite in-depth on some theory, some stories, and some ideas around what the film presents. Basically, this week, we're going to be doing uh, a shorter version of that. We haven't got a name for it yet, but basically it's going to be a shorter episode, about ten minutes long, in which we're going to dive into a film out of order. So we're still picking up High Fidelity next week, but this week we're going to talk about one film that we've both seen recently, and we kind of want to talk about, and didn't want to... Let's slip through our fingers. So, Sam, what are we talking about? Yes. Well, as you said, this is a, a recent film. Um, this is something that we, we're going to be thinking about doing more small batch episodes that focus on uh, new releases, whereas our longer discussions might be like older films, more interesting films that we want to talk about from, from cinema history, maybe. But uh, this film we're going to focus on this week is uh, one that I know we both seen and had very strong feelings about. Uh, it's the the recently released uh, Trainwreck, starring Amy, I can never remember which one it is, but let's no, it's, it's not Polar, it's Schumer right, so, <laughs> starring Amy, Amy Schumer So Rob, your thoughts on this? Well, just to give those who haven't seen it a quick overview, basically this is a romantic story about a woman played by Amy, called Amy, who is the titular Trainwreck who falls in love with a sports doctor and their hijinks that ensue. It obviously kind of comes as a quite a boilerplate rom-com, but what really lifts this film is Amy and her sensibility. It is an adult rom-com. It is not adult in kind of XXX way, but in like a adult jokes. It doesn't fall into the same traps that others. There's a, a very telling moment for me in the film is when they have a fight. She basically doesn't pay attention to him when something's going on that's important to him. And they have a fight about it. And she is very much like, well, we're over, done, I'm without, bye. Which seems like a very traditional romance, rom-com way of doing it, that, that scene. And his response is, what the hell are you talking about? We're having a fight, we're not breaking up. Yeah. And I think that like it was almost a handover into like, the idea of a more adult-style rom-com. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was hilarious. The ending scene had me literally in tears in cinema, in laughter. I mean, my wife was genuinely worried about me because I don't tend to react that strongly to films, especially <laughs> not rom-coms. Um, but I, I almost lost it with laughter in the kind of the final scene. Um, I thought that Amy Schuler, while being big in America, isn't big over here. I thought she was very funny. I thought Bill Hader as her counterpart was also very funny. And I think that LeBron James and John Cena, both non-actors in this film, both did sterling work. I thought that was... Well, I'm, I'm another... I'm going to be very effusive about this film. I really enjoyed it. But one thing that really stood out for me was how good LeBron James was. Yes. He was... He was okay, Amy Schumer, brilliant. Bill Hader, brilliant. But... Like LeBron James is not meant to be an actor. He's not an actor, but he his performance was brilliant in this. He timed it brilliantly between being a sender of himself without being a parody. It mm. was like there was he, he's into Downton Abbey and he's protective of his friend, um, and it felt like that right kind of balance where he wasn't mocking his persona, but he was just giving it depth. I mean. I think that John Cena, who played um, her boyfriend at the start of the film, who's more well-known of as a wrestler, he was more parody comedy. Hmm. Uh, but I still think he... I mean, for somebody who's made a, a name off being 
a, you know, a man's man, a kind of, you know, like an all-American wrestler, he does, once again, set himself up very well. Mm. I, I think both those performances were kind of pitched perfectly. I, one of the things I really enjoyed about LeBron James was how um, genuine he was about... There's a running joke about him being tight-fisted and not wanting to pay mm. for things and wanting to split the bill when he's on... And I haven't looked it up, but it must be. I I said forty million dollars a year when pressed on it, but it's an astronomical sum that he's on. Um, and yet, you genuinely believed he felt like that because it it gave you an insight into to maybe the way he behaves as a character, um, and also yes. the way that his competitive streak came out in not wanting to be beating that basketball, even though he's mm. playing playing a game of hoops with the guy who's... I mean, he's and he's, he's like half half this guy's size. Um, but he always he always wants to win, and he was genuinely put out if he, if he looked like he wasn't winning. And I, I really enjoyed that. I think they did great work in selling that friendship, him and Bill Hader, that occasionally mm. when you get these films and they throw in a celebrity... Um, as as the best friend, it always feel kind of well. Oh, here's my happy friend doing something funny, and they got this right. It really felt like him and Bill Hader were friends. Mm. Those characters, whilst obviously living in very different worlds at times, they felt like genuine friends. Yeah, um, it... and you felt that, that from LeBron James's, there was genuine affection mm. for Bill Hader's character. It felt it felt genuinely two sided in the way that a friendship should. And sometimes you, mm. you I mean. You said they they occasionally throw a celebrity in as a best friend, and it's sort of well, everyone will bow down and worship this celebrity because it, this is a celebrity. But actually, in this mm. relationship, there was a lot of I mean, LeBron James being needy towards Bill Hader, and Bill Hader saying, "Well, you know what? I don't want to hang out with you tonight." And it, it wasn't mm. a, a celebrity relationship in the way that things like that often are. Yes, yes. No, I, I, I would agree. I thought it was brilliant. My hope is that it's hopefully will issue in an era of sort of more grown-up romantic films. Mm. You know, I, I, I haven't seen many recently, and I think that's a lot of the quality hasn't been there. So I really hope this brings in something more, more adult films that I'm going to enjoy watching. Yeah. I, another thing I wanted to pick up on is um, it's been... It's been commented in commented on in op-ed pieces or interviews or whatever that this this is restoring the balance in some way. This is presenting a feisty female character who can get things wrong in the same way that a male character in the same position could get things wrong and still be mm. a loved figure. But I didn't feel that at all. I mean, I read these these pieces before I went into the film. And having seen the film, I didn't feel that at all. I felt she was just a normal human being. And I really, I found that really refreshing in the film. That this was, well, like you say, it's an adult comedy, but it's not adult in an X-rated way. It's adult in a, this is how an adult behaves. And it doesn't really mm. matter whether it's a man or a woman. It's a male adult or a female adult. The important thing is, it's an adult. And it, it really felt like this this film had... Had, had nailed something about what it is to be human and not necessarily what it was to be a woman or a man or whichever of those. 
Yeah, I think I think that for me felt. I'd agree. I think that it felt like both of them were real. It didn't feel like a fantasy. You know, some rom coms, be it fantasy from male or female, can feel like a fantasy role. You know, that, that this uh, beautiful person slips into your life and changes everything. Mm. And this film, whilst they do go, both characters go through a change, a narrative arc, it felt hard fought. It felt real. Mm. You got why she would change her ways, and you also get why, even when she doesn't change her ways, he stays around. Yeah. You know, like the ending of the film isn't like she's a whole different person. She hasn't given up on who she was before, but it's just it's a balancing of that in the relationship. And I think I would I would I would sort of hang hang my hat on that and say that that to me was the crux of it. That it felt real in a way other rom coms don't. Mm. So I think we've got a couple minutes left. I'm going to throw you open Sam on surprise. A recommendation, just the one based on this. Oh uh, god, uh, <laughs> you do things like this occasionally. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, I think the recommendation I would go for is you—you've said about how um, kind of there's been a, a sort of dearth of good romantic comedies recently, and this is heavily signalling the beginning of a new period in in cinema. Um, I would go back to a time when a time before romantic comedies had got a bit samey. Um, and you felt you knew exactly what was going to happen, and there was an edge to them. Um, and I would go for Notting Hill. Uh, I was thinking of the scene, in particular the scene with, um, what's the guy, Downton Abbey, um, Hugh Bonneville. Yes, Hugh Bonneville and his wife. Mm-hmm. There's a really poignant um, kind of series of scenes with Hugh Bonneville and his wife around around a dinner party in their flat with Hugh Grant and Hugh Grant has a character within that, that context and, and the way Julie, he relates to Julia Roberts in that scene and that, that series of scenes so I, I would say that that would be the film to go back to also because it has some interesting things to say about celebrity and about being with a celebrity I think maybe that this was the last time that a relationship with a celebrity genuinely works on screen. So Notting Hill is my recommendation. Lovely. I, I, my recommendation for this week is going to be a a film called Man Up. It came out this year, starring Simon Pegg and Lake Bell. It's the other film I've seen recently as a romantic comedy that I really liked. It felt, once again, like a change of pace, a change of tempo, a change of genre for the romantic comedy. It is more fantastical and more contrived than Trainwreck but it has the same kind of sense of humour but in a very British way it feels much more of the British version of this um, so that is my recommendation if you want to check us out you can find us on Twitter at The Prestige Podcast or you can find me at Life underscore Academic or you can find just me under Rob Kaiji brilliant and we will return next week to uh, as, as Rob explained be scheduled with with high fidelity but for now uh, look forward to talking about that next week and goodbye see you guys
Prestige is a Kaiju Industries production. Check out their other work at facebook.com forward slash Kaiju Industries. Rawr! Arg.